Welcome to It's an Honor Just to be Podcasted, a highly opinionated experiment in tricking my husband into giving a bully about award shows. My name is Christopher Basile, and I'm the plan of award of this production. Uh, I'm Alexander Price, and I don't understand what you just said. Plan of award? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a term I just discovered while working on this show. Uh, you and I just spent a bit of time at the DMV today, so... Mm-hmm. That was... Um... That was an experience, even though we had reservations. Yep, it still took a while. It was a delightful source. A of, while, two hours. Yeah, a delightful source of bureaucracy. So, um, why not spend this time talking about torturing more, me more? Yes, great. Torturing you, and from my research into this topic, what is the most openly bureaucratic of all awards that I've been able to find? The Pulitzer. And especially this time, we're going to be specifically talking about the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. Now, Alexander, what do you know about this? I know that it is a writing award. Yes, mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, for, it's supposed, it's supposed to, be to be, yes. For the writing and not the production. Supposedly. I'm saying what it is. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. Continue. What else do you know? That you're, you're saying Pulit. You're saying, isn't it Pulitzer? I've, or is it the Pulitzer? I've heard both pronunciations. I cannot tell you which one is officially correct. It's I, like Aaron Tevit or Aaron Teviet or Aaron Tevite. Yeah. Any pronunciation is fine. It's your name. So, you need to choose one. Exactly. Uh, so I mentioned this in the previous one where we were talking about uh, Tony Awards for Revivals. I briefly mentioned about Eugene O'Neill being uh, a big winner of them early on. Uh, you asked some questions and I decided why not go deeper into this why don't why do I ask so many questions? Because. This is only <laughs> coming back to haunt me. Yeah, the better to torture you, my dear. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'm just gonna go through. There's my one of my main sources for this, besides uh, looking up on just general commentaries on it, is the Pulitzer Prize website, which is both the most thorough in explaining how they choose awards. And the more, most opaque thing I've ever read. Like they want to keep an air of mystery, but like, be, like it's that idea of like, oh, I'm I, look, I'm such an open book. Yes, but really, I have dark, deep secrets. Yes, pretty much. That is what we will discover through this. Um, so things I did not know going into this, it was established in the will of Joseph Pulitzer. Pulitzer? Um, Pulitzer? I don't know. I don't, I, well, I, when if I say one, just say that it's the same thing. I will say the same. I will say the other one after you say it each time. Great. That's going to be wonderful radio. Uh, yeah. This is their quote about uh, from their website about who he was. <clears throat> quote, in the latter years of the 19th century, Joseph Pulitzer stood out, stood out as the very embodiment of American journalism. Hungarian born, an intense, indomitable figure, Pulitzer, Pulitzer was the most skillful of newspaper publishers, a passionate crusader against dishonest governments, a fierce hawk-like competitor who did not shrink away from sensationalism in circulation struggles, and a visionary who richly endowed his profession. His innovative New York World and St. Louis Post-Dispatch shaped newspaper journalism. Pulitzer, Pulitzer was the first to call for the training of journalists at the university level in a school of journalism. By the way, I'm so glad there was a third one because I was... <laughs> rule of threes, rule of threes. Uh-huh. Yes. Great, fantastic. Great. So so they like to really say he's an amazing person. Was he? Well... Oh, are we spilling the tea on Pulitzer no, Pulitzer? No, there's so many okay. There's so many things we could go into and we've already spilled so much tea about this sort of thing. Basically, he was a newspaperman who... A newsman. Mm. Who was really about, uh, really making, wanting to be about 
journalism being a real thing. Okay. Like not just as any form of writing, that journalism really is something important. So, so it was for journalism, not for well fiction. Well, in the writing of his will in 1904, he was still alive, but that's from this <laughs> okay, will. Okay, okay, Yeah, his will that he wrote. He made a provision for the establishment of the Pulitzer Prizes as a, quote, an incentive for excellence. Uh, in it, in his will... He, that says a, he really thinks a lot about himself. Yeah. There's no reason why anyone would think about doing this. Just think about anyone nowadays. It's like, when I die. When I die, I want an award in my name for all the great people like me. Yes. Joseph. Joseph? Yes. Joseph Pulitzer. 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 <laughs> yeah. And in this initial document, he cited that there should be four awards for journalism four for letters and drama, one for education, mm. and five for training scholarships. But he made provisions within the will that uh, the board that would be established for it can make changes to these provisions as society changes. Okay. Well, that's at least progressive. It is. Um, he also said uh, the board at any given year for any given specific award can withhold an award if they felt the entries uh, fell below the standards of excellence. Okay. So, in a weird way, like, despite the fact that this is self-aggrandizing right. in an incredible way, he basically was like, hey, we should be... Holding standards and holding the society to a standard. Yeah. And pointing out when people do things well is really what it's supposed to be. Sure. Originally, like, the arts and letters, there was only one of them was set aside for, quote-unquote, drama. Okay. The original award... For any of these awards was one thousand uh, dollars, which by today's money is um, three billion. It's a nice little chunk, but it's <laughs> not, but it's not the most thing. Um, it was originally established as it had to be for an original American play performed in New York. That was the that was the original guidelines. Because that where else would it be playing at nineteen oh four? More or less that if it was going to be a new production it will eventually be in new york and it would have to it would probably be seen by many yes okay. and it would have to be uh produced professionally it, professionally which is another big deal um so just not any old sam or diane can just right it's not just something that someone writes and sends in it has to actually be put on in a professional okay. theater uh they later tweaked the stipulations for it uh, a few times they changed it from being just an original american play to being an original American play dealing with the American experience. Right. That's what I thought Which it is was. a very vague title. And as we go into this, they... There are some that don't really fit well, that there is there are so many things about this that, like, when we go, we'll go into it. Also, uh, it eventually changes that it doesn't have to be performed in New York. It can also be performed at a major regional theater. Just large. Uh, at at an, an important theater. Okay. Prominent. Yes. Uh I will say that uh, also, since we're talking about this, the prize is now no longer $1,000. It is $10,000? $5,000. What? <laughs> it is still $5,000. They say on their website, and I love this because the website is the most like self-grandizing. Sure, thing in the I, world. I got, I got yeah, that feel. It's the, the prize money is almost secondary. What it really is, is the no notoriety that the writer gains from having this attached to their name. Almost secondary. $5,000 is completely secondary. <laughs> yes. $1,000 in that time was a chunk of change. Yeah. It was $3 billion, as I've <laughs> pointed out. As you established. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, the inception of these awards actually happening. It was plays within a plays within plays within plays within plays within plays. I'm I'm ignoring that. <laughs> uh, was in 1917, and it basically they took his will, put it into its own document mm-hmm. that will then run the the way the Pulitzer Prizes are dealt with, and that is called the Plan of Award, which is the weirdest name to ever put together when you this. first said it i thought you said planet award oh that would almost make more sense but plan or like planner award. award yes it was i didn't understand mm-hmm. any of the words yeah uh there are now 21 categories across the board poetry um so many of them have to deal with journalism yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that many of them have to deal with journalism many- does songwriting come in there's one for music Okay, there's one for music and there's one for poetry. Isn't there also one for international uh, There's one for... No, not for an international books. There's one... Uh, if you're talking about books, there's one for fiction, one for nonfiction. And within nonfiction, there's multiple levels. There's nonfiction general, nonfiction biography, autobiography. Oh, uh, I'm thinking... You know, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Nobel Prize for Literature. <laughs> it's funny you, you're thinking oh. about this. We will get to it. Okay. Help remind me. Okay. In... It's 103 years of being around. The drama Pulitzer was not given 15 different times. Wow. And they have never split the award as like a tie. Okay. It's connected generally to Columbia University, which I didn't know. Just because or because that was his alma mater? Well, because uh, when he died also in the will, he gave $2 million to the School of Journalism. Okay. To help make sure that actually happened. So to like and give one, more awards to people that came out of Columbia. And one fourth of the awards is towards scholarships that are part of the prizes. Remember I mentioned the traveling scholarships? Oh yeah. yeah I it, didn't understand what you meant by that. So basically what it is, is they give, I think it's $1,500 to allow a Columbia student in journalism to go to somewhere go, to report, to go somewhere into the world to learn from reporters in the field. That's cool. It's actually really cool. The journalism aspect of the Pulitzer the is super cool. The journalism sounds like the best part of this. Yes. It's very unclear why he decided to establish in his initial thing that there be equal parts journalism and then letters and drama. Because letters only- and drama is uh, mainly two of them had to do with nonfiction writing. One was drama and I believe one was fiction. But Poetry only, was added later. But only one for education. Yep. So as I mentioned... This thing is very opaque in terms of how it deals with. If you look on their website, there is pages on pages about how they go about in the voting processes, how they how eligibility is allowed. But at the same time, they make it very clear. Oh, I'll say this. So for the voting for drama, okay. I'm going to leave alone all the other things because everything is voted on by a very specific uh, private okay. jury. Okay. Probably within the field. So for drama, it is always consisted of more or less three critics, one academic, and one playwright. Every once in a while, one of them switches over into one of the other categories, but oh, that's no. what it is. Is Ben Brantley one of these people? Well, here's the thing. We don't know who they are? During voting, during the period where the people are voting and looking at stuff, they are kept in complete <gasps> secrecy. Secret, secret. Even after it is voted on, Technically, they're allowed to be revealed. But they don't But there's sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So it's very... They want to be asked back, so... They want to be they want to be allowed to be part of this. They also don't want necessarily the flack involved with it. Of, make, of the wrong, quote, it's decision. Sometimes. So it's very 
weird uh, how much secrecy is around this. According to the website, this jury of five is expected to attend plays in New York and major regional theaters. Uh And at the same time, this is one thing that's kind of both cool, but allows makes it uh, very difficult for people who are trying to predict these things. uh, Because they don't know who's where. Well, not only that, they uh, almost every of these people are located in New York. Oh, the, the critics, the okay. journalists, the playwrights, that their home base is in New York because that's where they see so much of it. At the same time, you can submit a play with a $75 fee to be considered. What? While having proof that it's being done at a professional regional theater or professional theater in general. But you don't have to submit it in order for it to be up for consideration. So why would you? That sounds just like a bribe. No, here's the reason. So there's the big, like, there. these people will probably see most Broadway shows. Yeah. They'll probably see a lot of off-Broadway shows from major theaters. Right. If you're an off-Broadway show and not a major theater and you want to maybe get their attention, you could submit it that way. You, can, you could bribe them. If you're at a regional theater and you don't know if they'll be able to get to it, like if you're doing a show at Steppenwolf or at uh, Mark Taper Forum or mm-hmm. any number of the huge regional theaters in the country – you can do this as a way to help get their attention, make sure they see your script. They're also allowed to look at video recordings of the production if that so chooses. Oh, but mm, okay. See, this is but where I'm con- hold if you're, But if you're one of the major, if you're a Broadway show and if you're at one of the major uh, off-Broadway houses, you probably won't submit because you'll just assume they will come to you. But this is where I'm confused and yeah. I'm going to stop you. Great. This is supposed to be for writing. Yes. Why do you need to see the show? You don't need to see the show. But but yeah, you just said that. No, what I said is it has to be produced and it's so much easier to just go and see your production where you don't have to think about it and you could just see it happen. Now, this is what I'm going to be going into because that is problematic. Because that that, that just already colors your version because we have both seen shows that on the page are not very good. And then in production. And then some director or through design or acting – becomes far better than the sum of its parts. That is something the words have been critiqued on quite a lot over time. Okay. Is that a, you can say like a great actor can make a play better than it is on the page. Yeah. And I agree with that. It should be if the award, as they state that it is given to the playwright, that that is what it, it should be based on the writing. However, they also stipulate that the production and script can be taken into consideration connected or separately. Oh. So... Like, for instance, in uh, not to go into the specifics yet about what is one and what hasn't, don't get me wrong, Hamilton is a very well-written show. That production plays a part into the fact that of it course, won. Of course it does. Yeah. And it goes into all these various... It happens a lot where the production is a major influence. Of course. Yeah. If you're... Especially if you're like, it needs to be produced. And also, the ones that get produced near these people win. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, what this uh, jury of five does is it used to be that they nominated five. Now they nominate three uh, plays. So it used to be that each person got to nominate one? No, they just as a group collectively okay. decided on five plays. Now they decide on three and they submit that list in no order of preference to the board. Now this is the thing that just is. So this is something that happens throughout the entire year. They're seeing all these shows. Right. They're reading a bunch of scripts. They come up with their list. They send it to the board. They are not there at the board when this is being decided. The board consisted of people who are deciding everything. Right. All of all these of awards. Them all 21 of these categories. And- 
or uh, across sit, uh, disciplines. Yes. Sit down, look at the nominated things from all these various people. When they get to drama, they look at it and they are able to decide from those three uh, which one they would like to give the award to. If they don't think that any of the three have reached the level that they that they think of as excellence mm-hmm. or they can't agree on it, <sighs> two things happen. Oh. Or uh, three, two or three. One is that they don't give the award. They just flat out don't give the award because they can't decide. And it says two, they call the jury who originally saw the shows and say, are there any shows that you did not give as our three nominations that you would say would be worthy of consideration? So like your backups, yeah, your what, short, what look. would be like your fourth or fifth or sixth considerations? And if they kind of go, oh, that one, we all love that one. Then that one can win. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then there's the times where they do that and they still say no. Mm-hmm. There's also the possibility that they can ignore any of the things that any of the jury says and give it to anything that the board has what? decided is the then winner. What, what the po- mm, so they're just, they're not using them for their knowledge. They're just using them for their labor. Yes. <sighs> yes. And for their advice, however... There are a few cases in history where there is uh, controversies about what actually happens. Okay. For instance, in 1963, the jury decided to nominate oh, what it used to be more is that they did do more of an ordering the jury. Mm, so it was like, this is our top. This is our top. But then they would just never look at the other ones, really, unless they were like, this one well, is well, not great. In 1963... The jury decided that their favorite play of that year was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf by Edward Albee. Good play. The board decided in their in a statement when somebody asked them about this that it wasn't, quote, uplifting. But really, apparently they had major issues with the sexuality and, quote, rough dialogue that happened in it. Mm-hmm. The jury basically, like, fought back with it to enough where the board said, fine, no award this year. We're taking all the toys away. Yes. Uh, in 1950. What else was up that year? Uh, I had trouble finding uh, okay. the, the list. Uh, in 1955, uh, Joseph Pulitzer Jr. Pulitzer. Uh, pressured the jury. Into, John Year. What? Pulitzer no. John Year. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> pressured the jury into giving the prize to Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which the jury considered the weakest of the five that it had shortlisted to them. Because it was written by a homosexual? No, they just uh, the jury stated that it was amateurishly uh, amateurishly constructed from a, from the stylistic points of view, annoyingly pretentious. The jury said that Cat on a Hudson Roof was not a good enough play. Yeah, they said okay. that, that they said that was our fifth choice on this list of five oh. we're giving you. And, but Joseph Pulitzer Jr. that was his, one that he wanted to give it to. The jury want their first choice was Clifford Odets's The Flowering Peach, and then their second place was The Bad Seed. And Bad Seed won? No, uh, Cat on a Hot Tip from Roof won. Oh. Because Pulitzer said, no, 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 this is our choice, go away, jury. Pulitzer. Oh, by the way, I should point out, uh, the very first year the Pulitzers... Uh-huh, Pulitzers? There you go, uh, were given out. Um, they did not give one out for drama. Uh, they what? Just, they decided there was none of them good enough. Oh. <laughs> So, we are go- we are announcing that we are going to be giving out awards in a- for drama. This year, they all, all blew. 
So no award will be given. Yeah, they gave one out the following year to a play called Why Mary by Jesse Lynch Williams, which is basically like an American trying to do. I'll, okay, I'll say it like this because I'm at Pul- talking about Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Uh, G.B. Shaw. <laughs> that was bad. And then the next year, 1919, again, no award. The teens were a bad year for the dramas. Mm. Apparently, and we don't have to go into it, so were apparently the 40s and 60s. Oh, geez. A lot of skipped awards those years. Oh, great. Uh, in 1986, this one, I kind of agree mate, to, with some respects on the board of doing this. Okay. Have you heard of the uh, the show The Civil Wars by Robert Wilson? Yes. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it was a a large five part it's huge uh, piece that I, I he, uh, it goes for hours and hours and hours and hours on end that he was putting together for uh, originally for the eighty four Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, there's uh, with eighty four, yeah, and he was putting in pieces. It was supposed to be international. It fell through there, but he spent the next couple of years trying to make it happen. It has never been completely performed. Okay. But the jury decided that its ambition and what they had seen was enough for their choice. And the board said, no, that doesn't count. It's not complete. Yeah. Don't I give it to I them. do agree with that. Like, that's a cool idea. Let's, yeah. we'll, we'll definitely consider you when you finish. Yeah. But because there was a lot of stalemate, no award was given that. It's year. never been finished? It's never been finished. Okay. Well, then they need the <laughs> award. Yeah. You've had 40 years. Yeah. Uh, so at, going through all this stuff, uh, the formal announcement of what the prizes are is every April, and it's made by the president of Columbia University. Uh, the announcement is made precisely at 3 p.m. at a news conference held by the administrator. Is that also in the will? I No. This we- is just what they decided. <laughs> Weird flex. Yeah. Just it, this- <laughs> if it isn't at 3 o'clock, it no awards happen. are given. <laughs> Uh, it ha- takes place in the uh, the school's Joseph D. Uh, Jamail Lecture Hall. Uh, Every time until 19, uh, 2019, the press conference was also the press conference was also held in the World Room at Columbia. Okay. Um, I'm going to quote this because this is the part relating to the Nobel Prizes that I liked to. Uh, oh, it's such such grand. Flowery so, language they like to use. No, just the way they think of themselves. Hmm. I'm going to try to put on a hoity-toity voice to some degree with this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Push your glasses up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is, quote, from their website. Unlike the elaborate ceremonies and royal banquets attendant upon the presentation of the Nobel Prizes in Stockholm and Oslo, since 1984 Pulitzer winners have have received their prizes from the president of Columbia University at a mellow luncheon in May, in the rotunda in the Lowe Library, in the presence of family members, professional, professional associates, board members, and the faculty and staff of the Youth School of Journalism. While the board has declined offers to transform the occasion into a television extravaganza, video of the award presentation, including prefatory remarks from the administrator, the incoming board chair, and co-chair of the president of Columbia University, has been shared via YouTube since 2012. Mmm, YouTube. Basically, Bas- you know what, we're not going to soil the greatness prestigiousness of Prestigiousness of the... By putting on a awards extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> Extravaganza. Hmm. We don't do things like they do in Stockholm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they were very much. 
They're a little uptight, they yes. seem. Yes, that's how it comes across. And they, throughout their website, they were also patting themselves on the back saying, well, there were countries before where we came across as a little, like, conservative and fuddy-duddy, but look what we have done since. We're on YouTube. No, they said on their website in response to the uh, not giving it to uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, it's like, but look, we gave it to Angels in America. Hmm. And that had very rough language. 30 years later. Right. <laughs> which, great. Absolutely great. Um, one last thing about the technical sides, the eligibility period was until 2005, it was following, uh, for the drama award, mm -hmm. the, from spring to spring. So basically the Broadway season, right? Every other award was an annual based. So from, uh, January, January to, to January. December. Yes. In 2005, they decided to change over to the calendar year because that kind of just made more sense to have everything do the same thing. However, it kind of does, but it also doesn't because now you're putting things, I don't know. Well, if you just look at it as an annual award. Yeah, but that would be fine if you were looking at it as only the script. Right. But I, I would argue that it's fine in that okay. way, too. I'm sorry. Just that way, it's something that's separate from the Tonys. It doesn't have I to I agree. Correspond. I'm just saying they should. They could have done that yeah. the whole time. So the one thing was because they switched that over. Wait, uh, the, what play got? Well, the award for 2006, which... By the way, this is the one time where I say the 2006 Pulitzer. I'm talking about the eligibility from the year before. I'm okay. talking about the year it's handed out. Okay. Um, the It was a truncated time period from March 2nd to December 31st of 2005. So right. I missed out a couple. The finalists for that year were Red Light Winter uh, by Anthony Rapp. Okay. Oh, no, Adam Rapp. Sorry. Adam Rapp. Adam not Rapp. Anthony Rapp, yeah. the singer. Yeah. Uh, Miss Witherspoon by uh, Christopher Durang. Okay. And then a play called The Intelligent Design of Jenny Chow. Oh, I know that play. Yeah. That's the only of the three I know. Did it win the Pulitzer? No award won that year because they decided, well, none of these are going to be quite good enough. And just to put it off, the year before, Doubt won. And the year after, Rabbit Hole won. And Rabbit Hole came out in what would have been, if they didn't change it, the same year of the... So it would have been the 2006. If they had kept this original dates mm. so yeah that was year they just decided eh, it's a short year we don't have to give it to anything no yeah so all that is boilerplate which oh. i know i'm so sorry my bottom is warm from this <laughs> boilerplate <laughs> your bottom is normally warm don't tell scandalous <laughs> slander about me why not the jury approves mm, but the board denies there you go um throughout the time of the uh the pulitzers Pulitzer. There you go. I was waiting for that. Um, most of the time it goes to plays. Occasionally it goes to musicals. musicals. Uh, there's only been a handful that have won. Rent. Uh, yes. Hamilton. Yes. Mm, I don't. Oklahoma. No. Okay. So in uh, reverse order. Hamilton. Uh-huh. Next to Normal. Oh, I forgot about Next to Normal. Rent. Sunday in the Park with George. Hold up. That does not have to do with the, the American experience. Yeah, we can get into this. Uh, here, let me just finish okay. real quick. Sorry. Uh, okay. Chorus line. How to succeed in business without really trying. Fiorello. South Pacific. And Of the I Sing. Real, okay. Real Fist first. Um, of the I Sing is from 1932. It's a, it's a Gershwin musical. Yeah. The award was given to Ira Gershwin and the person who wrote the book to it, but not George Gershwin because he wrote the music. Uh. And because they, they decided at the time 
that there's already an award for music. This is about but, an award for writing. But that mu- those music awards go to the songwriter. Now it does. That was the very first one. In 1950, when South Pacific won, they decided to give it to... To Hammerstein. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein yeah. and book writer. So they decided... And then it was around that time they decided, like, okay, George, you could have your... Oh, they gave him a award? Like, sort of. They just basically decided, we're going to acknowledge that you won oh, okay. with them. But you don't get that $1,000, we promised. Right. Uh, to go back into what you're talking about, yeah, this is a fine time to talk about it as any. So it's supposed to be about an, a, a new American play about the American, American experience. experience. There's two plays in there that are a little iffy. Yeah, I mean, South Pacific, I actually kind of feel like does slide by because even though it doesn't take place in America, it is about American forces and American racism. Yes, I agree. Um, but Sunday in the Park with George... Arguably, the Georgian Act Two is American, but so, so here's the thing: every year the five jury members are different. So every year, I think they take that aspect of it differently. For instance, a few years ago, I think it was 2008, um, a play by Lynn Nottage won called Ruined. Right, that takes place entirely in the Republic of Congo. Right, I've the seen the show. Republic of Congo. It does not have to do with the American experience. It does not. But it won. Because it's a very well-written play, and they are excited about it, and it's a playwright that they wanted to acknowledge. Has Lynn Knowledge won multiple times? She's won twice. Wow. For that and sweat. Yes. Okay. Um, See, I'm so knowledgeable. Yes, you are. Uh, there's a lot of times throughout this history where like, they do that. It's always an American playwright. Oh, mostly. Oh, I forgot about <gasps> this one. So, okay. So they broke their own prestigious no, no, no. rules? Okay. You know what? It's, she's American now, but she's... Uh, an expat? No, uh, I actually didn't look into this to see for sure if she's now an American citizen, but she's originally Polish. Who? Uh, she won just the other year for uh, a play called The Cost of Living. And mm-hmm. it's uh, Martina Majok. I know that name. So I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe she's an American citizen. She might not be. Maybe, but is the play about American life? Yeah, it takes place in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like they're so strict about some of their rules. It's weird when they're not. Exactly. There's a lot of the times where they... Because Sunday in the Park has Stephen Sondheim wrote about a ton of American life. Yes. Yes. Not Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, absolutely. Because even even if you look at Act 2 as like, oh, well, he's American, mm. it's still about that... Like, it always goes back to George Surratt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <sighs> and Dot. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not uh, doing a synopsis of Sunday. <laughs> All right. Uh, to go into just a few milestones, every single year from the very first award. Into, so last year's. No, no. Until uh, 1970, every award went to a show that was on Broadway. The very first award to go to a show, a show that pr- was off Broadway was in 1970, a play, play called No Place to Be Somebody by Charles Gardone who is also, coincidentally, the first person of color to win for playwriting for Best Drama. In 1970. Okay. The first person of color anywhere to win for anything was in 1950 for poetry. I mean, the country's a garbage place. Yeah. So. However, so so there's that. Surprisingly, though, women get uh, acknowledged quite frequently. Uh, The well, that's good. Yeah, the first women woman to win was the third award they gave out. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and for all, what? Uh, for a play called uh, Miss Lulu Bet by uh, Zona Gale. 
Okay. I thought yeah. you might. I realize it's far too late. I was going to say the bad seed. <laughs> no, but uh, so that was the first time something won for off Broadway. Uh, there have only been two awards given out to a show that, as the award was given out, had only been produced regionally. And those were the first was the Kentucky Cycle. Oh, and I know the second one. What? It's the one we saw in Los Angeles. I haven't seen this performed live. Oh, uh, never what? mind. Oh, are you talking about uh, Clyburn Park? That was in New York by the time that it won. Oh, uh, well, we can just cut this out. Yeah. Right, so. <laughs> no, we're keeping that one in. It's uh, not important. What? Yeah. And the second one is? Uh, Anna in the Tropics by Miller Oh, I know Chris. that. I know that show. Yeah. I've read it. The Kentucky Cycle is a uh, nine-part play. Hold up. What? And in the tropics doesn't have to do with American life. It does. It takes place in Miami. It's Cuban immigrants. It does take place in Miami? I thought it took yeah. place in Cuba. It's Cuban immigrants over in uh, Florida uh, at Cigar Factory. Yeah, I thought the Cigar Factory was in Cuba. Never mind. Yeah. No, I know. But uh, Kentucky Cycle is in nine parts. They did some parts of it early on at um, the Ensemble Theater in New York. Okay. But then it went to Seattle, got put together, and it was at the Mark Day Perform. And that production is what it supposedly won. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about the stupidity of this, like, first production, original play thing. Right. And I'm going to use as an example one show just to give a view of it. Okay. I'm going to talk about a play called The Glory of Living by Rebecca Gilman. It is an exceedingly dark play that I won't go into here. If you're curious, look it up. Um, It was originally produced at the Circle Theater of Chicago in 1996. It then went to the Royal Court Theater in London in 1999. It then played at the MCC Theater Off-Broadway in 2001, and that's when it was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize for 2002. Even though it was written in 1996? Even though its first major uh, regional production was five years earlier. That's bizarre. Basically, what I've been able to figure out is they play very fast and loose with the rules about original production and that sort of thing when giving it out. It's basically... When the production came to their attention, mm. which is why so much of the time it's nominated when it's in New York is because that's when they're paying attention to it. Because they're not giving any, so I'm assuming they have never given an award to an American playwright who perhaps premiered their show in like London on the West End, say. I can't say that with 100% certainty, but I would think, yeah, that sounds pretty right, correct. Okay. I think it's at least had a first production here. Just a few milestones. Uh, we talked about there have been. A decent amount of African-American representation in Good. terms of nominations. Nominations. Uh, a, a number of wins. Okay. But we, they've yeah. got women, I guess, at least. They got. So of, of the winners. And women of color. Yeah. Uh, August Wilson's won twice. He's got nominated for four other times. Uh-huh. He wrote 10 plays. So six out of the 10. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Lynn Nottage has won twice. Susan Laurie Parks won once. Uh, Top Dog Underdog. Yep. Uh, Jackie Sibley's Jury won this past year uh-huh. for Fairview. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there's like... Uh, Which was great. It's if, great. If you're listening to this and you're in New York, go see it. Yeah. It's great. Um, it, I, I didn't mind going out to Brooklyn to see it, so that says <laughs> a lot. Uh, also, you notice in this pattern that once a person shows up on their... Like, radar, they radar. are very easily to show back up. Yes, exactly. Shockingly, though, Susan Laurie Parks... Oh, but she's been nominated. Uh, she was nominated only... Two other times for Father Comes Home from the Wars, parts one, two, and three, okay. and In the Blood. Okay. Right. So uh, in terms of Hispanic representation, Lynn manuel Miranda has won once. 
for Hamilton. Right. Quiara Agrara Hudas has won once. Uh, I'm sure is not how she say that person's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, She won for Water by the Spoonful. And Nilo Cruz won for Anna in the Tropics. She, by the way, uh, the the name I can't pronounce. Here, give it to me. Give it to me. Let me see if I can do better than you. And I'll do it in a hoity-toity Pulitzer name. Okay. Voice. Kiara Algria Huds. Huds? Huds. Okay. Hudes. Hudes, maybe. I'm so sorry. Kiara. It's Kiara, though. Yes. Kiara uh, Algeria? No, Allegria. 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 Uh, she wrote the book for In the Heights, and they both got nominated for it for that. Oh, great. And she also got nominated. Uh, Water by the Spoonful is the second part of a trilogy she wrote, and she got nominated for the first part as well. Oh, okay. So, great. Uh, there was also the elaborate entrance of Chad Deity by Christopher Diaz, who got nominated. In terms of Asian, there's only been one winner. David uh, Henry Huang? Nope. He's been nominated twice, but lost both times. Uh, disgraced by Ayad Akhtar, uh, who's Pakistani, who won in 2013. And then there's uh, Raviv Joseph, who got nominated for Bengal Tiger of the Baghdad Zoo. Middle East, I'm just kind of like putting this together. because I was going to say Middle East and Asian seem to be put in there together, Chris. You just said a Pakistani writer. I was told that that, uh, he's considered to be Asian by their stipulations. But what I'm saying is you're just going to bring up a Middle Eastern category. Yep. That not includes the... Well, the problem is they ignore the Middle Eastern category throughout their website, which is a bit weird to me uh that's bizarre yeah, either yeah. include it in asia which you can do yeah geographically you can include them at least in asia yeah or i know the pakistani writer should probably be in the middle east yeah this is coming from and i know that my voice sounds very very white and homosexual mm-hmm. but this is coming from someone who is uh ethnically iranian mm-hmm. do i always consider myself asian no mm-hmm. but geographically it's not unheard of yeah anyways anyway it's like real quick in the quote mid-east in the second thing uh the only person to have won was a uh, steven aldi gergis uh who is of steven e- adley gergis thank you who is egyptian and irish by heritage right he for went, jesus hopped on the a train uh beside riverside and crazy oh yes and then uh steven karam who is lebanese got nominated for both the humans and son of the prophet there's one little weird case of someone named Jane Martin, who to this day is anonymous. Uh, in the Middle Eastern category? No, nope, no, this is just oh, a separate okay. category. Uh, that's just a name that he or she uses. There's been no sighting of who this person is. Who this person is. <gasps> and they got nominated one year for a play called uh, Killian Do. Mystery, mystery. I know. So that's what we're going to discover on the next episode of It's an Honor Just Be Podcast is, is the mystery of Jane Martin. <laughs> but I'm going to say just overall, we could go into it year by year. That's boring. Category by category. category. Time by time. What I'm going to say is a couple things. One, this past year, the, the, win, the nominated and wins. Oh, uh, before when they listed the winner, they didn't announce who, who the, the nominations were. were in the 80s. They started announcing, which makes sense. You should say basically say like these plays are also great. Yeah, which they started doing. OK. Uh, and so at this point, they announced the the winner and the two uh, runners up. OK. This year. Uh, it's so delectable. Fairview won. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dance Nation by oh, Claire Barron was nominated. Also amazing. And what the Constitution. Also means to a me, woman of color, right? Uh, no, she's white. Okay. But it's three women. Yeah. Three women got and nominated. And Heidi Schreck. And Heidi Schreck uh, for What the Constitution Means to Me. 
Good job, Pulitzer uh, jury. Uh, Two years ago, uh, Lynn Nottage won for Sweat, but the other nominees were uh, Sarah Delop for The Wolves. Oh, a great play. And uh, the 24-decade history of popular music by Taylor Mack, who goes by Judy. Judy's great. Yeah. There's so there's some I would, years I would love to at, call her my Judy. Yeah. There's some years where Judy, my Judy, you look at it and you go, oh, they were really kind of digging the bottom of the barrel. And there's some years that are great. That are great. Uh, the one thing that's kind of awesome is in race, recent years, I mean, both awesome and not, it feels like it's rare that any nominee would have been a show that it will, will ever or have ever showed up at Broadway. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's been a nice thing that some shows that got... But these are a lot... A lot of these shows, like, a couple of them were off-Broadway anyway, so... Well, that's what I mean. Uh, what I mean is there's... And wouldn't come to Broadway, I don't think. That's the thing. Some would make no sense. Fairview is a great play. It's impossible to do that on Broadway. And that that would be impossible to do on Broadway. Dance Nation, I don't think, would work on Broadway. No. The Taylor Mac show wouldn't work <laughs> on Broadway. No, that'd be tricky. The but, Wolves? Eh. But the thing is, it could theoretically, but yeah. what's... Uh, I find it just fascinating. It, some things are good that when a play it's, gets nominated, sometimes that leads it to a Broadway production sure. that might not come otherwise. Great. And also looking at the Tony Awards compared directly to this, in the last 20 years, uh, many of the winners for the Tony uh, would not have been eligible for this because, A, either British mm-hmm. or don't have to deal with the American experience, but we know that's a iffy thing. Mm-hmm. But it's really fascinating to see what one very small committee decides it should stand up for the test. Of as opposed to the, as we've discussed, the entire country of people <laughs> who want a show to come to their theater. Right. And that, as they say, is a nutshell. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, feel free to check out any of the Thwarp Inc. family of podcasts. That's T-H-W-O-R-P-I-N-C. Like Podleadum, where myself, Hannah Jane Ginsburg, and J.W. Crump discuss uh, America's Next Top Model, all the way back from the beginning. We are just finishing up cycle four. It's been a roller coaster, y'all. It's a great example of the American experience. There's also the bee cast <laughs> where we discuss uh, bees. No, we discuss sometimes, more. Sometimes. We do discuss bees. It's more adult things, but mm-hmm. you can find those by searching Thwarp Inc. That's T H W O R P I N C in whatever uh, podcast app you use we're everywhere and please like review and subscribe to this and all our other podcasts we really love hearing from you we'd love to hear what you would want us to discuss next i'm sure christopher would love some guidance on what please 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 i want <laughs> what, to know what, what you actually you want to hear. hear about so for it's an rgsv podcasted i'm alexander price i'm christopher basile and no award this year no award this year Good. be gone done <laughs>